Hello, my podcast family. Welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Today, we have a pretty lengthy psalm, Psalm 89. I'll be reading from the Message Bible, but I'm not going to read all 50, what is it, 57, 52, 52 verses. I will pick and choose various verses within the different stanzas that are there, and then we'll discuss it. But it still gives us an overall look of what the psalm is saying. So starting off with verses one through four, it reads, your love, God, is my song and I sing it. I'm forever telling everyone how faithful you are. I'll never quit telling the story of your love, how you built built the cosmos and guaranteed everything in it. Your love has always been our life's foundation. Your fidelity has been the roof over our world. You once said, I join forces with my chosen leader. I pledge my word to my servant David, saying, Everyone descending from you is guaranteed life. I'll make you rule as solid and lasting as a rock. Now, verses 9 through 13. You put the arrogant ocean in its place and calmed its waves when you turned un- when they turned unruly. You gave the old hag Egypt the back of your hand. You brushed off your enemies with the flick of your wrist. You owned the cosmos. You made everything in it, everything from Adam to Archangel. You positioned the north and south poles. The mountains, Tabor and Hermon sing duets to you. With your well-muscled arm and your grip of steel, nobody messes with you. Verses 19 through 21. A long time ago, you spoke in a vision. You spoke to your faithful beloved, I've crowned the hero. I've chosen the best I could find. I found David, my servant, poured holy oil on his head, and I'll keep my hand steadily on him. Yes, I'll stick with him through thick and thin. Verses 30 through 35. If his children refuse to do what I tell them, if they refuse to walk in the way I show them, if they split on the directions I give them and tear up the rules I post I post for them, I'll rub their faces in the dirt of their rebellion and make them face the music, but I'll never throw them out, never abandon or disown them. Do you think I'd withdraw my holy promise or take back words I've already spoken? I've given my word, my whole and my holy word. Do you think I would lie to David? Verses 38 and 39. But God, you did walk out and leave us. You lost your temper with the one you anointed. You tore up the promise you made to your servant. You stomped his crown in the mud. Verses 46 and 52. How long do we put up with this God? Are you gone for good? Will you hold this grudge forever? Remember my sorrow and how short life is. Did you create man and woman for nothing but this? We'll see death soon enough, everyone does, and there's no back door out of hell. So where is the love you're so famous for, Lord? What happens to your promise, your promise to David? Take a good look at your servant, dear Lord. I'm the butt of the jokes of all nations, the taunting jokes of your enemies, God, as long as they as they dog the steps of your dear anointed. 
And it ends with, blessed be God forever and always. Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) So what did you think of that? It's a lot, is it not? (laughs) This psalm is written by Ethan the Ezraite. So a different person, which is pretty good, but it's so lengthy and there are a lot of moving pieces. And part of it is kind of comical, so to speak. So much is in this. Um, It's difficult, I think, for us to kind of categorize it. But if I had to put it into a category, it really falls into two. It falls into the royalty um, category because it talks so much about David's throne and the promise that God made to him and how, you know, he lavished on on David. And then it gets into the lament, right? Because we have that question. But let's look at some of the verses a little more in depth. The first four verses, they begin as a tribute to God. When I started reading it, I was like, oh, we're going to have another praise and, and, and thanksgiving song. And then, you know, it turns. But the first four verses, tribute and adoration to God. Then we progress to verses 9 and 11, where there is really symmetry used here to describe the Israelites' exodus from Egypt. Now, in other versions, such as the New International Version and the um, New American Standard Bible, they list in verse 10, they use the name Rahab as opposed to Egypt, which can be misleading because we know Ahab as a person, right? She was the one, she was the prostitute who hid the two Hebrew slaves when they came to kind of scope out Jericho before um, Israel was able to um, take Jericho down. So she, she helped in their defeat. So then why would Nathan then state that God was to crush her? Doesn't seem right. So if you look in your commentary in your book, you will see that this is symbolic language used to mean Egypt. And so in the Message Bible, they just put Egypt there. You'd have to look in your commentary and your little notes in your Bible, and you'll see that it is supposed to mean, or it is a reference to Egypt. It is not to be confused with the woman Rahab, which we find in the book of um, Joshua. Then we progress to verses 19 through 37. And this is what I like to call the beginning of the um, divinic throne. Um, It introduces the covenant or the promise that God made with David. And Ethan um, here recounts the promise made, which is something I don't think we discussed before, right? But it's no time like the present, so let's discuss it. What do we know about the, we know about the promise of Abraham, right? That God made with Abraham, that he would give him children who would become a mighty nation, and then that they would have a, a land, the promised land, right? But what promise did God make with David? Like, what do you think that's about? It's tied to someone's lineage. <laughs> the promise was that David, through his lineage, would carry in or usher in the Messiah, that the Messiah would be born under him and you can find this that in Matthew that's why Matthew in chapter 1 he takes the long you know he takes the time to start talking about the begets and the begets <laughs> and everything because he's lining down how Jesus fulfills the messianic promise that was made to David that the Messiah would come through his lineage so that was the promise that God made to him now 
the verse speaks directly about David being chosen by God. You know, that God's promise would never, ever be forgotten that he makes to David. Right. So now we see that we know that that promise was to bring Jesus. They may not have been thinking about that promise. They may have been thinking about promises that you're my anointing. I'm always going to be with you. You're going to be able to defeat people in battle. They may not necessarily have been thinking about the uh, messianic type of promise. But that's what I get from this. And so I find it interesting that within um, verses 30 and 35, how honest Ethan is in the psalm, because he, he speaks to what happens when the children of Israel are disobedient to God. God says that he will rub their faces in the mud. And so it's, it's almost as if, well, if you know that this is what God's going to do, then why are you still crying? Because you've already admitted that you brought it on yourself, have you not? He says, I will rub their faces in the dirt of their rebellion. That's the consequence of being disobedient. And so I like the fact that Ethan's like, let me go ahead and put this in the psalm. <laughs> but then it says that God will never forget his promise, which leads us to verse 38, verses 38 through 52 which starts with, but you didn't. <laughs> That's exactly what it says. But God, you did walk off and leave us. And so if I had to paraphrase, it would be, but you did, God, you walked off and you left us, right? It's this sort of an in-your-face type of attitude with God that follows in the remaining verses, right? That are set between verses um, 46 and 52, it's really Nathan go, Ethan going, why have you done this? You've done this to us. You said you would do this, but you ran off. We're humiliated. And, and that's when the lamenting and everything comes. Because then Ethan poses the question in verse 40, 46, which is when the psalm, like I said, takes on that tone of lament. Because he's like, how long? <laughs> how long are we to put up with this? How long are you going? Are you going to hold a grudge forever? Right? But the interesting thing is, after all of that, after all of that in your face, after all of the how long and all of this, it closes with, I'm going to be a legion. I'm going to still place my lot with God. Blessed be God forever and always. Yes, oh yes. Don't you find that odd? It's like an interesting song here. This entire song is very interesting. And so what do you think our takeaway should be with all of that <laughs> for me it's simple it's no matter how frustrated you get no matter how bad things are no matter how angry you are never forget who God is and what he's done for you the promise that he made to you to keep you to not harm you, but to give you a future, to work all things out for your good, to love you with an everlasting love. Remember that promise. And just like Ethan does at the very end, right, which is once again paying tribute to God, you and I are to do that same thing at the end of the day, to cap it with a lot has happened today, Lord. 
I don't like what's happened today. I don't understand what's happened today. But I refuse to give the enemy the stronghold here. I will bless your name. You are the God who always sees me. And so even though things have turned out not like I've planned, I still will trust you. That's our takeaway for today. Let's pray. God, thank you for this psalm. And thank you for reminding us that, yeah, things aren't always going to go as we have planned. That in this season where we're caregiving, where we definitely didn't plan that, it's hard. It's rough. And at times we will think that you have forgotten us. We will think that you aren't working things out for our good. We will think that you don't love us anymore. But you've told us that that is incorrect thinking. So we come to you at the beginning of the day saying thank you for being God and at the end of the day saying thank you for being God. Thank you for being a God who is very honest with us as well. As you have laid out the parameters of the consequences of our being disobedient and to not be surprised where you allow the consequences to occur. But when that happens, Father, remind us of our failure so that we can come to you with repentant hearts. But even as you allow us to suffer the consequences of bad decisions, disobedience, to get our attention, to remind us of who you are, let us remember that you still love us. Even as you allow us to experience some of the consequences of our bad choices, that you are still a good God. And so we just come saying thank you, acknowledging that you are our God, and we will bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, my podcast family, go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.